Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, how true is that? And thank you all for being a part of what God is doing today here at and through Connections Church. And uh, what a great day it is, even though we are set up in a little different way. Uh, It kind of reminds me back about 11 years ago when we first planted this church when God called us to establish Connections Church with about 12 people in a little restaurant uh, across town, and and wow, how God has done some incredible things to bring us to where we are now. This is a a different format. This is a different way. We want to thank all of you that are engaging with us uh, online right now, and and as the, uh, the team has already mentioned a couple of times, share with everybody you can, because God is speaking to our hearts and lives today, and it's a little weird because I want to stand up here and say, get your outlines out and prepare to take some notes. But we don't have outlines to give to you through the uh, internet. So if you would grab some paper, get your Bibles if you haven't already, as you were encouraged to do earlier, and get ready to follow along because we are jumping into week two of our new study uh, entitled Stuck. And I was going to talk to you a little bit differently this morning uh, as we had previously planned in this study, but I felt that God shifted some things uh, in the last couple of days to tackle the subject of not getting stuck in fear, right? Because it seems like pandemonium, fear, panic, all that other craziness and chaos has attacked our world, not just our, our nation, but our world in in these last few weeks. Uh, And with the types of things that are going on right now, the very real temptation to be afraid is certainly hitting our lives. And some of you, to be quite honest, you you struggle with that already in your life. You struggle with fear and anxiousness and worry. And and even when things are great, you kind of deal with that. So so we want to get some help today. We want to find our answers. And our answers are only found in the Lord and in His Word. Because, as, as the Bible tells us, he is our ever-present help in times of need. And only he can really help us to overcome every enemy in our lives, including the enemy of fear. So what are you afraid of? And, and recently, someone published an article called The Top Ten Strong Human Fears That People Face Around the Globe. And these are the top fears shared by people everywhere, not just in the United States. And the list in many ways is self-explanatory, so I'm going to roll through these quickly. Number number 10 is losing your freedom. Uh, Number 9, the unknown, fear of the unknown. Number 8, the fear of pain. Nobody enjoys pain, really, when it comes down to it. Number 7 is disappointment. Number 6 is misery. Nobody wants to be miserable for sure. Number 5 is loneliness. And number 4 is ridicule. Number 3 is rejection. And that's a pretty, pretty tough one there. Number 2, of course, is death. But, but the, the number one thing that people said around the world is the fear of failure, even ahead of death. So that, that's kind of interesting to note. And many of these fears are, are tied together, such as death and the unknown, uh, rejection and ridicule, pain and misery and failure and loneliness. We can, we can also observe that these are mostly uh, existential fears that describe an inner condition of the heart. That is, these are not fears of specific things, um, but, but in general. In that category... I ran across a Gallup poll answering the question, what scares Americans the most? And and most of us fall into that classification as citizens of the United States of America. In order to answer these, I want to give you these, and there's actually 12 of them, not 10, uh, from 12 down to 1 so that we can kind of count down. Number 12 is, is 
afraid of the dark. A lot of people grew up as, as children, they, they became uh, fearful of the dark and wanted to have a nightlight, something like that. So that's kind of understandable. Number 11, 11 is going to the doctor. Even though hopefully doctors can help us, as many of them do, uh, still it's not something that we look forward to. I'm surprised dentist is not on this list because most people don't like going to the dentist, right? Number 10 is a fear of thunder and lightning, and, and a lot of you uh, uh, experience that in your own lives. Number nine, and I really kind of didn't understand this one, is a fear of dogs. Man's best friend. I, you know, I don't know. I, I know some of you had some pretty bad experiences with dogs. Maybe before you were attacked by a dog, it definitely would, would make you afraid. Number eight is flying on an airplane, and that one definitely understandable. Number seven, mice. I mean, come on, really, they're about like that big and, and we're this big. So, uh, you know, we, we, we have the size advantage at least. Number six is needles and getting shots. And some of you are going, absolutely right now. I don't mind that at all. I, I'd rather take a shot than take a bunch of pills over 12, 12 14 days, whatever, to get better from, from strep throat or whatever it may be. Number five is spiders. Very legitimate. Those things are creepy, right? Number, number four, being closed up in small spaces. Some of you hate that. You're claustrophobic and you want expanse and room and wide open places. And, and, and number three is, is heights. I know a lot of people. I won't name them by name, but they're scared of heights. Number two is actually what I do and what our pastoral team does uh, quite often, and that is public speaking. And when I was growing up, I hated that. I wanted to be in the background. I didn't want to be up front. And, and, and many people feel that way. I think they would rather die than have to get up in front of a group and, and speak. And the number one fear that Americans have, drum roll please, well, we've got a, a handful of people in the room here, is snakes, <laughs> Right? And we just, we just saw a snake this week. Uh, they're already starting to get out and about and, and enjoy this warmer weather that we're having. So snakes, and probably for some, snakes on a plane. <laughs> get it? The Okay, uh, I figure some of you would remember that movie. So the reality is that fear is something we all face at some point in time in our lives is the first thing I want to just kind of break down for us today. And if we aren't careful, if we are not careful, we can become imprisoned and enveloped by fear, almost like being in a heavy, heavy fog. Fear is one of those emotions that can encompass us with a dense cloud of doubt and blinds us to the truth. And, and, and all of us, I believe, have experienced that at one time or another in our lives. It also challenges, get this, the credibility of God, and it calls into question his faithfulness and his trustworthiness. That's what fear will do. It'll grip us to the point that we don't see clearly who God really is any longer and what his truth tells us about our lives. Fear can literally cloud our viewpoint of God, of seeing him clearly, of hearing his words to us clearly, to not be afraid because, as he tells us over and over and over again, he is with us always. So when we consider the word fear, in its biblical context, it's going to lead us to the conclusions that are, are in concert with the Holy Spirit of God. Conversely, all positions on fear outside of the biblical framework of faith will promote a fleshly or worldly understanding, which leads to a man-centered conclusion. And a man-centered position obstructs our view of a holy and righteous and all-powerful God. Folks, plain and simple, and God woke me up with this this morning, fear will paralyze and immobilize us. It will cause us to do irrational things. If you don't believe it, head down to Walmart or your local grocery store and look at the toilet paper aisle. 
empty, barren, zero, even paper towels and napkins are wiped out. I was in Walmart last night, not looking for toilet paper, picking up my ice cream that I love because I was getting dangerously low. And I just strolled down there because my wife is amazing and keeps us stocked up on everything at the house, including toilet paper, thankfully. And what that has to do with this, I don't know. But anyway, people have just went nuts. And, and what will happen is fear will cause us to do irrational things, like go out and stock up on toilet paper. I don't understand it. In addition, fear advances lies as well as confusion. And man, are we seeing that all around us in our day and time. Consequently, a man-centered position on fear will keep you stuck in the fog. It will obscure our ability to see God and his promises, which are clear and powerful and freeing. And folks, here's the reality of it. This fear, if you're wondering where it comes from, is born in the pit of hell. Now, I know old-time preachers used to use that phrase quite a bit, and you know what? I still believe that that's the truth, that we have a real enemy who is Satan, who fell thousands of years ago from God's grace as one of his angels, and he was cast out, and all of the demons that went with him, and now he lives to torment and to destroy our lives any way he can. And I'm telling you, that is where fear is birthed. And that is one of his main, main weapons he likes to use to try to destroy our lives. Fear is not beneficial for the believer. It doesn't belong in our lives. God didn't create us to be fearful. He created us fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible tells us, but not to be full of fear and not to be stuck or trapped in the fears that this world tries to place upon us. Fear will beat us down. It will keep us in bondage. It will keep us stuck in the fog, if you will. And this type of fear must be overcome or defeated and defeated, excuse me. Must be overcome and defeated in our lives. If not, then we're gonna live in that bondage until Jesus comes back. And I'm gonna tell you something you already know full well because all of us have experienced some kind of fear, whether it was some little bully that was pushing you around in first grade, whether it was fear of, of what your parents were going to do when they found out that you made an F on a test, whether it's fear of failure, whether it's fear of snakes, whether it's fear of whatever that this world tries to attach to you, you know in your gut, right down in your heart, that fear is no way for us to live. Man, I love this time of, of, of chaos in our, in our world in a way. Because I love the fact that I know that Jesus is with me and I can walk around anywhere, even in Walmart where people are going crazy with a smile on my face knowing that God has all of this in the palm of his hand, including and especially me and you. So I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. Fear is no way to live this life. I love, truly love what King David wrote in Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4. If you have your Bibles, you can mark that. Turn there, read with me. Psalm chapter 56, verse 3 and 4. He said this, what time I am afraid. And, and that's, that's a reality for us, folks. There'll be times that fear kind of shows up in our lives and, and, and wants to kind of take a, a bigger presence and place in us. And it, it doesn't belong there. But David said the reality is sometimes it's going to hit us and we don't even realize it's kind of seeping in. You ever... You ever dealt with something, maybe an issue in your home where, where you had some floors that got kind of soft and, and, and maybe you didn't realize that water was seeping in somewhere and it were, was rottening out the wood that your floors are constructed of and, and before you knew it, without even realizing it, you had issues there? 
I believe that's exactly what David's referring to here. There's a lot of times if we don't stay diligent, stay on guard, that maybe fear or doubt or confusion can kind of seep into our hearts and our minds and we don't even realize it's happening. But David turns it around and says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. Then he goes on and declares, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. And you want to write this down. You want to mark this in your Bibles. You want to remember this. You want to place it deep inside your spirit. He said, I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. I love that confidence. We need that desperately. You need to preach that to yourself this afternoon. This week, when all the world around you is in chaos and turmoil, when everything's kind of getting out of control, you need to preach to yourself, I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. I will not fear what this world's system can do to me. I will not fear what the enemy of my soul wants to try to do to me because my confidence, my faith, my trust, as David declared, is in you, O God. Fear is a fight that none of us are going to be able to avoid. It is going to come after every single one of us. Nobody's exempt from its attacks in our hearts and in our minds. Even David, the the giant killer and the fugitive who was pursued by King Saul for four years experienced fear. However, he did not park in fear and he gives us his antidote to the venom of fear in these verses found in Psalm 21, one through five. Listen as I read these. Psalm 21, chapter 21, verses one through five. He writes this. In the midst of a time when he should have been afraid, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And man, what a message that is. In our own strength, we just can't overcome this. We just can't make it. We don't have the stuff in and of ourselves. However, we don't have to do it ourselves. The Lord is my strength, he writes. The Lord is my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to destroy my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord my God and inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, and the secret of his tabernacle shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock." Boy, that's, that's some truth right there. That is truth for living. That is truth for overcoming. That is truth for victory in all of our lives. I'm going to tell you something. This sounds like a man that put fear to flight. And that's what we need to do right now. That's what we're going to need to do in the coming weeks and months ahead. We're going to need to put fear to flight in our lives because it's going to still come knocking on the door of our hearts, knocking on the door of our minds, trying to capture us. And when it does, we just need to stand up bold, just like David says, and say, I will not fear. I know that my God has me in the palm of his hand. I know that he's planted me on himself, the rock, Christ Jesus. The word of God reminds us that fleshly and ungodly fear is not condoned, and we should not ever accept it. Timothy wrote in the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, a passage that's probably familiar to a lot of you. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of what? A spirit of fear, 
But instead, what he offers, what he gives, what he makes available to us is power and love, and I love this part, a sound mind. A sound mind that helps you make right decisions. A sound mind that helps you process what's going on around you. A sound mind that that filters everything in your life, and it disseminates between what's good and God and what's not. What's garbage? What's God and what's garbage? And when we have that ability to to process everything that comes at us with that sound mind that God gives instead of fear, then guess what? We're going to live in victory. We're going to make right decisions. Look at me. We're going to live a life that honors God and pushes fear out the door. We can live in his power. We can live in his love. We can live with that sound mind. Ungodly fear that injures and incarcerates us does not come from God, but it comes from our enemy. And this kind of fear desires to consume and overcome us and to overcome it, we need to trust God and the love of God completely. And that's what I'm asking you to do today, to trust him and his love completely because The second thing I want to give you right now is trusting in the love of God is a lethal and effective weapon to wipe out fear in a powerful way. Fear is knocked down to the ground when our trust in the love of God abounds in our hearts and minds. Faith in our loving God is our power to overcome the grips of fear that want to attach themselves to our lives. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 tells us this, and you need to grab this today. 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love. I love that, no fear. When I, when I was uh, uh, popping back in the 80s, man, I remember all these things just came out in these great neon colors, pinks and greens and, and all these crazy, loud, vibrant, bright colors. T-shirts and hats and, and, and clothing and, and bumper stickers. And one of the main catchphrases of that day and time, late 80s, early 90s, was no fear. How many of you remember that? Yeah, there's a few of us that's got some gray hairs. And and, and we remember that, no fear. And this is what 1 John 4, 18 tells us. There is no fear in love. Because perfect love does what to fear? It casts it out. Got some Bible scholars in here today. I love it. It casts out the fear. In other words, you take out the garbage at your house when the can gets full, right? And what happens is fear wants to come into our lives. And as we said a moment ago, it's not God, it's garbage. And what do we do with garbage? We cast it out. We throw it out into the trash pile. Some of you have these rollout trash cans. Most of us do. We put it in there. They, they come and pick that up once a week. And where do they take it? They take it to the dump. And that's exactly what John is telling us in his little book here. First John chapter 4, verse 18. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. And man, is that not true? Fear will torment you, and sometimes it'll torment you to death. I didn't even write this stuff down, but, but what kept rolling in my mind and heart the last couple of days is the effects of fear on a life. Fear will take a physical toll on us. When we live in fear, it, it, can, cause, it can cause ulcers. It can cause stress. It can cause heart issues, all kind of stuff that doesn't belong to us physically. It can mess with our mind to the point that we don't even sleep. Why? Because we, we just let that fear torment us and keep us awake. And when you don't sleep enough, what happens? Man, things start going off the track really quickly. 
Fear not only takes a physical toll, but fear will take an emotional toll and a mental toll. It, it, it'll, it'll hurt us in so many different ways. And I believe that's why God said, do not be afraid many, many times in his word. I love this because fear has torment and he that fears is not made perfect in love. And perfect love, church, is God's love. Love for God and the love of God can never coexist or be roommates with fear in our lives. I'm sure that you've heard this old phrase many, many years ago before, but as a reminder, fear and faith can never coexist. When we trust and embrace this truth, then fear is kicked out. It's evicted from our lives. And I'm telling you today with everything I have, and I really want you to get this, everything I have, we can totally trust God. I'm not saying that because that's the company line and I'm a pastor and I have to say that. That's just a part of what we do. I'm telling you that because I know it from here because I've lived it time and time and time again in my life. I've lived time through some times where, where doubt crept in and I was wondering and then all of a sudden God showed up and showed himself and, and, and all of a sudden all that stuff was just removed from my life and I realized at that point in time I can trust him. So many times he's proven himself faithful to me and he'll do that to you. I'm telling you with everything I can, we can trust him because I can tell you this as well, just as surely and, and, and powerfully. You can't trust the media. Most of them are just, just trying to stir something up and, and trying to push their agenda and trying to move and sway the masses. You can't trust all the media. You, there's a handful maybe. That, that possibly you can trust what they're saying. They're just trying to convey the facts of what's happening, but a lot of them are trying to create, dictate, and move the story. And I'm gonna tell you this, most politicians, you can't trust them. And I know some of you are already thinking, well, there's probably some preachers we can't trust either. And sadly, that may be true, but I'm telling you this, when you have a preacher that is standing on preaching and only, only sharing God's truth, you can trust that. You can trust God's word when you can't trust a preacher, a politician, or somebody in the media. This is who we trust. This is what we trust because I guarantee you this, he will never let us down. Know that in your hearts. Our loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God, we can totally trust. So I pray, I pray for you and encourage you today to grow in your faith. And that's the key. When we grow in our faith, when we know him personally. We know who we are in him. We know what his word says. And man, we're journeying through the New Testament as a church together this year so we can grow in his word. When we grow in that, when we know that we know that we know that we know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to tell you, you're going to grow in faith and you're going to watch the fear, the anxiety, the worry, and the doubt just melt away. Listen, if you read the end of this book, you know all this is coming to an end. I'm not saying it's coming to an end right now because I really don't believe that. But it's coming. And the good news is, as Jesus said in John's writings, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Because I'm going right now. When he was crucified and resurrected, this was part of his leaving statement. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Oh, he didn't stop there, though, <laughs> did he? 
A lot of you know this. He said, and if I go and prepare that place for you, I will come again so that you may be where I am also. You will be where I am. So even if all this stuff just goes away, the world as we know it, life as we know it, as a Christ follower, as a believer, as a disciple, we win. <laughs> we win. So we have nothing to worry about. Lastly today, listen to me. I want you to understand clearly that in the here and now, while we are still here on this planet, that there is freedom from fear available to all of us. I wish I could, I wish I could just stand in front of you right now, eye to eye, face to face to, to convey this message to you because that's how personally, strongly I feel about it. I, I just wish that I could, I could take your face in my hands and look you in the eyes and say, please, please, please hear what God is saying. I know I can't do that right now. I know I can't mingle in the crowd as we typically do on Sundays and, 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 and be with you personally in this very room like, like we love to do and, and, and look forward to every week, but I do know this. I do know that the Holy Spirit can go through these airways, as we call it. He can, he can reach down in your living room, in your, in your kitchen right now, wherever you may be in your vehicle right now, and he can get a hold of you and touch your heart and let you know this deep down where you live. And that is this. We have a rescuer. If you would take some time this week and read through John chapter 6, you'll be looking at verses 16 through 21 where the disciples were in a boat. Very familiar story if you grew up any at all in church. And while they were in that boat heading to the other side, as Jesus told them to do, the storm began to brew around them. And the next thing you know, it was battering the ship and wind was blowing like hurricane gale force winds and, 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 and the waves were crashing and, and the rain was pounding down. And, and there were a few experienced fishermen who were disciples. Some of them were tax collectors and lawyers and other, other professions, but there were a handful of, of, of fishermen who had been on the water most of their lives, who had experienced storms, who had been through that and, and even possibly worse. But they were Afraid. They were not just afraid, but the Bible literally says they were terrified. They were thinking, this is it. It's over. We're doomed. We're dead. We're going to be destroyed out here in the midst of the storm on this sea that Jesus kind of put us in. And Jesus wasn't on the boat with them in this occasion. But a funny thing happens in the middle of the storm. And most of you, as, as I said a moment ago, know this and, and, and remember this. All of a sudden, this figure comes walking on the very thing that they were terrified of, the water. And as he drew closer, they realized it was Jesus himself. They began to call out. Peter, <laughs> got to love Peter. I love Peter. He calls out to, to, to Jesus and says, if that's you, then bid me to come to you. And in a beautiful truth in that particular passage, that statement is that Peter understood it's a lot safer to be with Jesus than it is on this boat right now. Get me out of this situation. Get me out of this place I'm in now. I want to be with you. So Jesus said, yes, it is. Come on, Peter. And Peter began to walk out to it. But here's what I, I want us to capture from this story as we finish this part of our service right now. Three quick things. Number one, God knows you. He knows you better 
than anyone else ever will. I don't care how close you are to a human being on this earth, on this planet. God will always know you better. He knows that you may be fearful right now. He knows that you worry a lot. He knows that you may struggle with anxiety. He knows what's going on inside of your heart and your head at every moment. Just like he knew these disciples were terrified and in trouble. He knew where they were. And he knows where we are right now, no matter where that place may be. And secondly, here's what you got to know in your heart of hearts. God cares. He not only knows you and knows where you're at, but he cares deeply. He loves you with an everlasting love. And even though he knows that, that, that I know the command not to be afraid, and you know that command that we shouldn't have fear, uh, but, but we, we, we do it sometimes anyway, it doesn't matter. He still loves us and still cares for us. He still came to those disciples when he knew they were terrified, and he still comes to you and me whenever we are afraid. And that's the third thing that you've got to know. Not only does he know us and he cares about us and loves us, but he comes to us. And I firmly believe that that's the opportunity that we have this morning as a church to be a an avenue that, that Christ can come to you wherever you're at right now. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever struggles and fears and worries and doubts and storms you may find yourself in right now may not have anything to do with this crazy virus hysteria. It may have to do with a relationship. It may have to do with a job situation. It may have to do with just your walk with Christ just You've kind of struggled with doubt and, and wanting to believe, but, you know, it's not easy sometimes. Whatever it is, here's what I want you to know, that right now I do believe that Jesus is saying, do not be afraid as he walks towards you, as he comes to you, as he puts his arm around you and tells you how much he loves you, and as he imparts his peace and his power and his presence to you and to me. He's coming to you right now to rescue you. So as we head to, towards a, a time of prayer, here's what I want to encourage you with in these closing moments. Don't, don't let fear imprison you. Don't get stuck in fear. That's not how you were created by God to live your life. Choose freedom instead. Be free from fear. Live in the freedom and the peace of God in your lives. And here's another encouragement that I just want you to really grab a hold of as well. Take that freedom to other people right now. We have an amazing opportunity. As I was rolling on the campus this morning, this is just kind of what what was hitting my mind. We have this incredible opportunity as the church of Jesus Christ that is described as a city on a hill that shines brightly to do just that in these dark times we're in at the moment. And when it's darkest, the light shines its brightest, as they say. And man, what an opportunity. There are people that you know personally who are trapped in this kind of fear, in this kind of worry, in this kind of anxiety, and they desperately need hope, life, freedom, and love. And you've got it. I've got it. 
So we've got to let that be strong in our lives. We've got to overcome. We've got to stand and, and take the garbage out of our lives of fear and doubt and anxiety and worry. Whenever it comes knocking on our door, we don't answer that door. We push it out with faith, faith in a real God who really loves us and really is here to help us so that we can help others in that same way. Would you just take a moment and, and if you can, if you're not driving, close your eyes and I want to ask this. I know we have the opportunity and the availability to, to get feedback, to, to have comments, to let you share what's going on in your lives on most of the platforms that, that this is streaming out on. So I want to ask that if you would, in just a moment, would you begin to share what's going on in your heart, in your life with us so we We'll know how to agree with you in prayer and stand with you. Would you just give us the praise reports? Give us the prayer requests. Would you, would you just talk to us and let us know what's happening so we can, we can share as the church is supposed to? Guys, I'm telling you, we have the greatest opportunity to live free from fear and to take that to those around us and rescue them through Jesus. Lord, we... We can't say thank you enough for loving us. We can't worship you enough. We can't praise you enough, God. You are worthy beyond all we could ever give you. But Lord, you honor that. You love it when we come to you in worship and praise and thanksgiving. From a sincere and grateful and real heart and life that is truly grateful. Truly blessed because of who you are. And God, I say that the church rise up in the name of Jesus right now and continue to carry that blood-stained banner of worship and praise and faith in this dark and hurting world at this moment and throughout time until you come again that we will not back down, we will not retreat, we will rise up in the boldness and the courage of the Holy Spirit, God, that you give to us as your children. And we will shine bright, God. And we will overcome the fear and the anxiety, the worry, God, the stress, the doubt, all of those things that the enemy tries to sell us in our lives, God. We refuse to take them in, God. We refuse to allow them to take place in our life, God. We take out the garbage and we keep your godliness and righteousness in our lives and nothing else. Help us in that, Lord. Help us to declare like David what times I am afraid. I will trust in you and I will see those, those fears dispelled and removed. God, we trust you. We trust you with everything we are, God. And we know without a shadow of doubt you will not let us down. For those who need faith in Christ in their lives, who are far from you right now, God, I pray that they confess you as Lord of their lives and they, they confess their sins and you come in and cleanse them, God. And, and Lord, that you transform their lives into faithful followers. God, for those who are struggling with doubt and fear and all these things, God, I just pray that you speak peace to their lives right now, that you, the God of peace, just move in, God, and you just bring all that with you and replace all those things of the world. God, we bless you. We honor you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And now we worship you one more time in song 
And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity and the privilege of doing so. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. Let's worship together now. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.